Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. If it's your first time here, welcome. It's so great to have you. If you've been here week in and week out for the last however many years, man, I love you. Thank you so much for showing up, being a part of this community, this church. Uh, it means a lot to me. It means a lot that I can call you brothers and sisters from around the world uh, and call you friend. And so I'm so thankful for that. Before we get into the sermon today, Pastor Susie has something important to say, so I'm going to kick it over to him. Boom! Hey, what is up, friends? Pastor Susie here. Hey, one of the things we love doing here at God Squad Church is always asking ourselves, how can we better our church to make it a place that honors God, but also a place that's beneficial and life-giving for our people? And one of the consistent sources of feedback that we've gotten over the past several years is that for some people, due to the day of the week in which we have church, which is Saturday, that it can make it difficult for them to attend. So right now, we want to get some feedback from the community. And again, I want to make clear, this is simply an idea, no decision have been made yet we're simply seeking feedback for a potential idea for a change but would you fill out this form there's going to be a link in where you're watching this on social media youtube whatever it might be there'll be a link below if you could go ahead and take literally less than one minute and we want to get your feedback on your availability depending on whether it's better to have church on saturday or on sunday for you over the past several years not only have we had real life examples of people in our online church who are just busy on saturdays but over the years that we have done ministry, we've seen more and more and more that a lot of gaming events are they're really happening a lot of times on Saturdays, a lot of Twitch events that are happening on Saturdays. And I've had real life conversations with people who have had to choose between watching a really, really epic annual gaming event and going to church. And although, sure, we'd love for you to pick church, it does at times stink to have to make that decision. And so years ago, when we picked church to be on Saturday, it was because Twitch said that Saturday was the number one most viewed day of the week. That stat has actually changed, and now Sunday is actually the most number one viewed day for all of Twitch. And so we're just kind of doing some thinking, doing some exploring again. No decisions have been made. Would you do us a favor? We want to be able to do everything in our church that is most accessible for as many people as possible to hear the gospel. But we also want to be incredibly sensitive to the fact that many of you that are already in our church you matter too. So if the feedback comes back that Saturday is best, then we won't make any changes. But if it does come back that Sunday is best, well, then we'll start having some real serious conversations about what we want to do moving forward. And of course, as always, we'll keep you guys updated along the way. So, so be, be sure, sure to click, click that, that link, fill out that form. Let us know your feedback. Thanks so much. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm super excited to be with you today, to be able to talk with you a little bit. If you don't know, my name is Daylight, aka Pastor TJ. Um, you've seen me in the chat maybe, or you've seen me before on screen. Uh, I have the privilege and honor to be one of the um, one of the pastors on staff at God Squad Church, a part of the lead team who helps kind of uh, direct and, and and bring vision to the church. Um, but my role specifically is in leadership development, and I am having such a fantastic time doing that. But this morning, I have the opportunity to be able to bring you uh, a word from God. Hopefully, uh, if if my antennas were correct. Um, but no, I really do think that God has something special to speak to you today. And um, I'm just so in love with this church, man. I'm in love with the vision of the church. I'm in love with each and every one of you. And so I'm going to shout out some people in chat. I see some R. Bell. I see some TGI Fishbowl. I see Vix, my man. I see Blue Eyes. I see The Rock Rules, Alex. I love God. The Rock Rules. I already said that. The Wolf, The Adventurer, DJ Dragonflame, Snow Katrina. I want to shout you guys out. Thanks for being here. 
sure there's tons of others that I missed. And if I didn't say your name, I apologize. But I'm so excited for you to be here, to be a part of uh, this church, to be a part of this movement, Reaching Gamers. It's so important and such a vital thing that we're doing. And I believe that uh, God's going to do some huge things. And he's already been doing them. And so what else can we expect from except what we've seen God do? And so I, I'm, I'm just excited for it. So going on and, and thinking about today's sermon, you know, I, I battled. I'm not like the greatest sermonist, I guess we would say. I don't, I don't know what you'd call it. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not good with like the prep and like the preparation. I have a hard time focusing and my mind's in a million places. And I see like a thousand different things. And so... When it comes to like sitting down in front of you though, like I absolutely love it. I love to be able to, 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 to teach you something or have you take something away from this moment to hopefully better you as a leader, to better you as a husband, to better you as a wife, a father, a son, a mother, a daughter. That's important to me. And I really think that God has something uh, fantastic to speak to you today. So I pray that you'd lean in today, buckle up, this isn't going to be a, a, a super long sermon, hopefully, uh, if uh, if I'm able to uh, keep on track. Um, but, you know, the video game world, like, it takes me by storm. You know, as I'm sitting down as a little kid, you know, I can remember, like, three years old, sitting on my bed playing, like, uh, you know, Battletoads or, like, Double Dragon. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, like, the original SNES. Like, it was crazy. It was It was absolutely nuts. And the way and how things have developed. I mean, if you think about it, in, in like 1972, Pong debuted. Like, we're talking about like the OG, the, 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 the goat of games, Pong. <laughs> we're talking about pixels on a screen moving up and down trying to trap a ball. Look where we've come. I mean, you have things from diving into MMORPGs where you're raiding with your buddies and you have these fantastical powers to literally entering a game virtually like beat saber where you have lightsabers and you're making or you're keeping beat with the music like you're in the game it's absolutely fantastic what god or what god continues to do in us but if you if you look at that trend line within your life you can see the, the a congruency where it's like the way that you've seen games develop in life, there's development happening in all different avenues of our life. And I see God developing you like the gaming industry has developed from Pong to, I don't know, what, what is the newest, most cool game you could think of? Uh, I can think of quite a few, but I'm just thinking of how far that's come is how far God is kind of taking you upon that journey too. And it's, it, it, it's enamoring to say the least. And so as I'm thinking about the video game world though, and I'm thinking of how crazy uh, the development has become, like you truly, you get into it because it, it's something that grips you. You know, Shia LaBeouf said it this way. He said, I'm a video game fan and I always thought it would be cool to be able to control a character. That's what we're doing every day. But as video game fanatics, that's what we're doing. We, we control a character. We, we allow something else to live in, in a virtual place in our stead. But the truth of the matter is I, I find that, that, that quote so interesting because I'm a video game fan and I always thought it would be cool to be able to control a character. 
But the truth of the matter is, is every day you're controlling your character. Every day you're controlling yourself and the character that lives within you. So it's so funny, like he, he finds this, this fascinating idea of like, oh, how cool it would be to control a character. But the truth of the matter is, is he, he's controlling a character every day. And with him and, and Shia LaBeouf, like he's controlling a multitude of characters depending on what movie he's working on or what show. But each of us are developing our own character every single day. And today's message, we, we, we've entitled A Character That Carries. Everybody knows what a carry is in a video game. You know what I mean? It's like, get my backpack. I'll carry you guys. Don't worry about it. Or you guys might at the end of a game see a guy who went like 45 and 0 in an FPS. And be like, all right, he carried everybody. And that's what I want to talk to, to you about today, about our character. And how, how can your character be something that carries? And so I'm going to give you guys four different points today about how your character can carry. The first is that your character will carry you when your confidence cowers. And as we analyze this idea of character and we dive into the Bible and into the life study of David and we're, and we're looking at David's life, I want you to take a moment and think of how this applies to you as we're going through this. Because your character will carry you when your confidence cowers. See, I'm talking about like when times when doubt slips in. When you have that small voice inside of you or you have that, you know, that, that, that devil and the angel on each shoulder and they're playing games with your head. See, it's easy to lean into and just cower when you don't have a strong character built. And when I talk about character today, I'm talking about the virtues that make up your morality, the virtues that make you up to be the person that you are. And I'm going to base those off of the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There wasn't nine there, there should be. And so when we're talking about character, we're talking about developing that, we're talking about developing, uh, developing that to be like Christ, to, to be like those fruit of the Spirit. And so there's times in your life when doubt begins to slip in, but your character will hold you fast. It'll be like the armor when bullets are flying your way. Because there's just days where we feel off, where we don't feel confident, where we don't feel happy with our appearance, where we don't feel happy with our ability to communicate to others. We don't feel happy with our relationships. We don't feel happy with the way we communicated. But the standard of your character will hold you upright in that season. And see, as I go through here, I don't want you to get confused and start to think that I'm talking about just self-betterment and you becoming a better person and that's going to just help you be better. Like, it will. But the truth of the matter is we need to talk about the foundation of Christ. And we'll get there. And I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Everything that I'm talking about isn't done in your own strength alone. Yes, you're part of the equation. But it's done when it's applied to the foundation of Christ. So 
There's times when doubt will slip in. And we can see this in, in King David's life before he was in anybody. I mean, this is the, the, the David we're talking about is the one that was, you know, <laughs> trying, to, trying to keep sheep going the same direction. But there was a time where his character had to be tested. It was the time when a famous prophet came to their home, Samuel. And all nine of his brothers were presented before Samuel. To be anointed the next king. But David wasn't even invited back home. He was out in the fields. Still doing his work. See, I can see those nine brothers getting ready. You know, and I can hear them talking smack to each other where they're just like, you know, they're like, <laughs> they're like, you know me, I'm the, I'm the biggest, the brawniest, the handsome, the most handsome. You ain't got a shot here. And the other one's like, yeah, but you're not smart. And like, you can hear them going back and forth with each other. And they're all trying to basically win the battle of, can I become anointed king? The jeering that must've been going on between those brothers must've been chaotic. David must have known that Samuel was coming to the house, yet he was uninvited. He wasn't even looked at. Jesse, his father, had not even thought about it for a moment that any possibility that this could have been David. And so as Samuel goes down the line, no, 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 and gets down through all nine brothers, he's like, something wrong here, man. God, God, my antennas are correct. And, and, and God's feeding me the information and saying, none of these dudes. Do you have anybody else? Just like, oh, well. Well, my other boy, David, he's in, he's in the pastures. Samuel's, Samuel's probably looking around like, did you forget about him? Did you forget, the 10th one, you forget about him? And he went and fetches David. And David in that moment is anointed king, but... I want you to think about all of the thoughts that must have been racing through his head. Um, I'm just not good enough. Like my, my dad doesn't even think I can make it. My dad doesn't even think that. That I'm worthy of this. But the truth of the matter is, is God had been working with David far before Samuel ever came to that house. See, the unique great position David was in was the fact that he was spending time alone. And in that alone time, he was building his relationship with God. See, but David was developing the character of a king even when he was just the shepherd of the sheep. He was developing what it looked like to be godly. He was developing what it looked like to have a character that could hold the weight of a kingdom while he was just shepherding sheep. Some of you today feel like you're shepherding sheep. Some of you have been in a long season of shepherding sheep. And you're waiting for that opportunity to show off the character of a king. And I want you to know that it will never happen until you steward moments with God. We'll talk about a little bit more of that a little bit later as well. David understood the principle of anything that he put his hand to, that he was going to do it with all of his might. And my question to you would, would you be ready if God called you to step up, 
Or have you forsaken the season of readiness with an attitude of bitterness? Have you forsaken this season of readiness, getting you prepared with a season of bitterness because you're mad that you weren't at home with the nine other brothers waiting your turn to be selected as king, maybe? Ask yourself that question. See, our character will carry us when our confidence cowers. See, our character will also carry us. It'll carry you when your competence can't. I'm going to explain that a little bit more for those that don't know what competence is. It will carry you when your skills can't. When what you bring to the table isn't enough, but your character is. And so David against Goliath, David had never been in a battle. He didn't deserve to win. But his character carried him. He had faith that God would deliver him. And the Lord was with him. See, his competency when standing against a warrior of Goliath's renown, when standing face to face with that, that warrior, he had no competency comparatively. David slayed a lion and, and, he, and he slayed a, a bear, but do you think that stands in the wake of an armor clad giant who has taken the lives of Hundreds and hundreds of men. But David knew that he'd been, he'd been in that quiet place with God. He knew he'd heard the Lord's voice. He knew what God had developed him to be. See, where, where his character could have failed here is allowing fear in because of his competency. Oh, Lord, I don't know how to do that. Lord, I'm, I'm not a good speaker. When, when I was a young boy, I was in these classes, speech classes, I was basically learning how to talk because my, my speech impediment was so bad. My, my, the way that I would, would talk through words, I couldn't put them together correct because my ADHD would just be having me all over the place. And so when God called me to be a preacher, when God called me to stand before people and proclaim the message of Christ, I was like, Lord, what are you doing? You're taking a kid from the ghetto that, that needed extra help every day after school just in order to be able to put together sentences. I can't proclaim your good news when I can't even proclaim anything. And David knew that when his competency was checked, it didn't matter because his character was already there. See, in 1 Samuel 17, 37, it said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David already knew. He knew he didn't have the warrior skills that Goliath had. He didn't have the ability on his own. But guess what? When I'm, when I'm, when I'm cuddled up next to God... When, I, when, I've, when, I've, when I've done battle in the morning with the king of kings, the creator of the universe, doing the battle with a Goliath is not that hard. When I've been spoken to and empowered by the king of kings, and he's told me, you got this, 
He's like, I already know you've already won. Guess what? Standing before a giant seems like a small task. Your character will carry you when your competence can. Pastor Susie was just in Nashville. On his way home now, he's on the plane, I guess, which is awesome. And man, he put so much hard time, effort, work into doing everything he could so our church could, could, could be brought to the next level just faster. We're going to the next level no matter what. But we could have gotten there faster maybe. So he went to this event and he, and he, and he pitched the, the, this, this grand scheme of our vision for God Squad Church. And I think in his own words, like, he didn't make it. He didn't even make top five. And I can promise you, it wasn't because of lack of Susie's ability. But he was in a room with other giants that were just as good as he was, maybe. He said, maybe even better. So he didn't even make top five. So in that moment, if he allowed that to seep in, well, you don't need to be here then. You know, you're, you're not good enough. Just go home. And he allowed that to be the message that he took away from that. He would have showed his character. And his character would have been shown badly. But guess what? When his competence couldn't, his character could. So instead of tucking tail and, and fleeing home, he stood boldly and proudly and stood behind these other people and men and women of God who have great things going on in their lives and they're doing and fighting great things for the kingdom. And his character and his integrity showed in that moment to say, hey, I'm going to support these guys. That's the greatness of what happens when you allow your character to prevail. Your character will carry you when your competence can. There's times in your life where you're going to be in a situation of conflict, where you're going to, you know, be battling against a situation maybe you don't want to. be battling against a situation that maybe you don't even want to. But they're going to come. There's going to come seasons and times where that is, that has to happen because conflict is now. I got a little Pentecostal on you guys. Threw my microphone off. And so... There's going to be times when you, you come into conflict and this is my third, my third point is your character will carry you through confrontation. All of us have been in, in, a, in a situation that we've been confronted with and that you might have one or two situations that really come to mind of like confrontation that just didn't go your way or 
confrontation that you battled that just hurt. And your character will carry you through confrontation. In 1 Samuel 19, 9 through 10, it says, Now an evil spirit sent from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his palace holding a spear. David was playing a liar, and Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear. As the spear struck the wall, David eluded Saul, ran away, and escaped that night. Could you imagine? You're just... You're just a dude. You're just a dude playing, playing. You know, you're relaxed. You're just sitting there. You're having a great time. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you see Saul coming at you and hucking a spear. And you barely dodge it. And that thing's like <laughs> into the wall. His life was threatened. Saul and Samuel had been, or Saul and and uh, David had been going at it because Saul was jealous of David. He was jealous that the Lord had taken his spirit from Saul and had placed it on David. He was jealous because the people were praising David of the tens of thousands. He had killed while Saul was the thousands. He was jealous of David's calling. He was jealous of David's character. And so him and David went at it. And David, you can see throughout Samuel, 1 Samuel, that his character never wanes in that situation. And if you skip ahead down to chapter 24, it says, After that David got up, he went out of the cave and called to Saul, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David knelt low and his face to the ground and paid homage. This was a guy who had tried to kill him multiple times that hated him with every fiber of his being. Yet David still pays homage. He still honors him. He's still loyal. David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of the people who say, look, David's intent is to harm you. He said, you can see with your own eyes that the Lord handed you over to me today in the cave. Someone advised me to kill you, but I took pity on you and said, I won't lift my hand against my Lord since he is the Lord's anointed. Look, my father, look at the corner of your robe in my hand. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. Recognize that I've committed no crime or rebellion. I haven't sinned against you, even though you were hunting me down. Take my life. David earlier in that day had snuck into the cave and clipped off a piece of Saul's robe. While he was asleep. And that was a representation for the fact that he easily could have taken Saul's life. And, and, and assumed his place as king. But he knew that in his character that he couldn't do so. You can see the language he uses here. He calls Saul father still. 
He gets low to the ground and pays him honor and homage, showing his loyalty. Saul, I don't want any bad blood between us. You're like a father to me. I was raised in your house. I was there for you when you were stricken by evil spirits. I've went out for you in every battle. I've been there for you like a son. Your character will carry you through your confrontation. David easily could have said, you know what? Forget it, Saul. You want to play this game? I'll win. But he didn't. He had a standard. He had his morality in the foundation of Jesus. Now, David isn't perfect by any measure, but he's a man that constantly God looked at and saw a man of character. In that situation, when he was confronted with the worst possible thing, death, he held fast to his character. And there was other times where he didn't. And that leads me to the point of your character will carry you to confession. As many of you know, and some of you may not, but the King David eventually got to a place where he was being careless. And he wasn't in the, his army was fighting and he wasn't there. And being the king, he should have been there. He should have been on battlefield. It was the season for kings to go to war and he wasn't there. He got lazy. He was sleeping all day long, just lying around in bed. And then one evening when he awoke, after being lazy all day, he walked up to his balcony and he saw a young lady bathing on her, on top of her house, which was normal on that day. And he saw her and decided, I want her. And so he did an absolutely horrible, horrible thing. He summoned her to the palace. And he decided that he was going to take what he wanted. And with his power being the king of kings, or being the king of, of Israel, he could do whatever he pleased. And he used that power to abuse Bathsheba. So he summoned her, and she got pregnant. And instead of at that point realizing, wow, I've been too far. He was like, how do I cover this up? Like, what can I do? How do I, how do I make this right without being ousted? So he summoned her husband home, Uriah, one of the mighty men, a soldier with stern character. And he came home and he, and he tried to basically get Uriah to go sleep with his wife so that he could play off the fact that it was just Uriah's kid and he didn't do anything wrong. Uriah wouldn't. He knew he still had men at the front line. 
he knew he was still battling a war and there was no way he could do that. David even tried to get him drunk to just like get him home to like cover up his own sin. Uriah couldn't do it. He's a man of too much character, a man of valor. So David sent Uriah back to war and told his general to send Uriah to the front line. And when he gets there, have all the other men back up. See, we all can fall to a place where we're not proud of what we've done. We can also come to dangerous, dangerous things if we allow it. There's behavior, there's things in your heart, there's sin in your life that you've dealt with for years. And right now, I want to take a moment to be your Nathan and say, brother, sister in Christ, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus is here. And that if you're willing to confess that you've sinned and you've fallen short of that glory, that he wants to pick you back up, that you're still redeemable, that you haven't went too far. There is no too far away from God. That he cares for you deeply, that he sees you in your hurt and your pain. See, Nathan did this for David. And this is a scary task to say to a king, you messed up. Trust me. That could have cost Nathan his life. Nathan goes to David and calls him out. And this gets me to, your character will carry you to your confession. David easily could have just offed Nathan. Not caring, not decided to not care, but he didn't. Instead, his character carried him to confession. And you can see that in Psalm 32, 3 through 5, or 3 and 5. When I refused to confess my sin, my whole body wasted away, while I groaned in pain all day long. And then in verse 5, then I confessed my sin. I no longer covered up my wrongdoing. I said, I will confess my rebellious acts to the Lord. And then you forgave me my sins. See, your character, when it's built up in Christ, when, you, when you've had a history with Jesus, when you've spent time with God, your character will be built up in such a way that you will have a yearning to confession. That you will have a yearning to want to come down and confess your sins. I had a leader come to me and confess his sins recently. TJ, I've messed up. I don't know what to do. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, What do you mean you don't know what to do? 
Of course you know what to do. You go before God and you confess your sin. You've already confessed to me your sin. I have the ability now to uphold you, to hold you to accountable. But you have some work to do behind closed doors. You have some work to do in your prayer closet. You have some work to do that you need to do by your bedside. You need to talk to Jesus about what you've been going through. Because I'm not the one that can take your sin away. Only God can carry that sin off of you. And so your character, when you've built it, will allow you to be carried to confession. And eventually David's character carried him to confession. And it said the Lord forgave him. I'm sure many of you have never murdered someone else. King David did. I'm sure many of you haven't taken someone else's wife and used your power to usurp her own. But there's something in your life that you feel maybe feels that weighty and that heavy. And God sees you. And he's here for you. And he loves you. Your character will carry you to confession. I want you to write this down if you haven't. If you have something to write it down with. Your character is built in the silence, in the suffering, and the submission. I'll say it again. In the silence, in the suffering, and the submission. See, silence. David was in the fields alone with God for a long time. In the silence of those nights, with the cool Israel breeze on his face, he became great friends with his creator. He became great friends with God. See, man can't live on character alone. I'm taking so poetic justice from man cannot live on bread alone. But man cannot live on character alone. You need Jesus. He needs to be the source. See, if you're buying your PS5 from some sketchy guy in a back alley, you're not really sure if that's going to come out and say PlayStation or it's going to play a PlayStation. And instead of being the PS5 logo, it's going to be some jacked up logo when you turn it on. But when you get your source, right? When you get your character, when you get something like that from the King of Kings, when you get it from the place it was manufactured, the place it was built, the place it comes from. Well, I can trust that. I could trust if I walked into the PlayStation, you know, studios and they had some PlayStations, I could trust that they're giving me a product that I can, that I can hold on to, that I can, I can believe it, I can trust. And it's the same way that if you're getting your character from Jesus, if you're getting your character from God, then you can trust it. But if you're building your character on your own, it's going to wane. It's going to break down. Because the truth is, it's a bootleg copy. You have the source of your character being Jesus. On that number two was suffering. David did absolutely nothing wrong to Saul. He actually did the right thing over and over again. But he was rejected by his family. He was mocked for his willingness to stand up to Goliath. He was... He had to flee multiple times for his life. He was... He had to leave his wife and flee. He hid throughout the wilderness. He had spears chucked at him. 
This isn't a guy who's just fleeing from a bad situation that almost got him killed. This is a dude who is being pursued by the king of Israel to kill him. Sometimes I don't think we understand the grandeur of that story. It's not like some guy just accidentally like, you know, shot at you by the by by a street like he was being pursued by the most powerful individual in that time but see david was refined in the fire his character was built by trial by hardships he had to learn how not to do it on his own but how to rely on god so his character was built in the suffering and then his character was built in submission our character is built in submission. David's character is built by understanding, learning how to submit to God. He realized none of his accomplishments were his own. God delivered me from that bear. God delivered me from that lion. God delivered me from Goliath. God delivered me from the Amaleks and the Moabites. And the... God delivered me. God delivered me from Saul. God did it, not me. And so David, and hopefully you, I hope you realize that in order to establish that character, there's some cost to it. It, it, it takes something. It takes you spending time in the silence. It takes you coming on the other side of suffering and relying on God to use those terrible experiences to build in something great in you. It costs you your will and submission to God. See, David learned the lesson of not my will, but Lord, yours be done. The truth is that without God, your character can never be built up like this because there's an ownership problem. I want you to think of it like, like New World. If you think about the game New World, there's three factions. There's the Marauders, there's the Covenant, and there's the Syndicates. And all three of them are very distinct. They have their own pathways, they have their own, their own beliefs, their own systems, and the way that they, 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 they show themselves. But when you give allegiance to one of those factions, you're putting on the fact that you're going to do your life this way. I want to live that path. I want to be like the raging marauder, the marauder warriors. I want to be like the, the zealot covenant. I want to be like the, the sneaky syndicate. And you've kind of put yourself in a path line and you've taken on their beliefs, but it's the, it's the same way when we submit ourselves to God, that we're submitting ourselves to his ways. See, just like those three different factions have their ways, God has his ways. And when we submit to him, we're saying, I'm open to allowing you and your ways to be greater than my ways. When you take on that mantle, on that title, you know what you've submitted to. And that's our relationship with Jesus. When we submit to Jesus, we take on his pursuits, his passions, his cares. And that happens to be things like the fruit of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. As I wrap up my message today, if you're in here and you've never given your heart to God, you've never submitted to the faction of Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do so. So I'm going to say a prayer and would you just pray with me if you want to take that next step in your relationship with Jesus and you want to say, you know what? I've lived this life. I've done it my own way and it hasn't panned out. Or man, the love you're talking about Jesus and the, and the, and the, the person that he is, is is something that I could get behind. You can pray with me today and you can enter into a relationship with Jesus. It's that simple. And it's not because I'm praying. You can pray this on your own. But it's simply submitting to God and saying, Lord, I need someone to save me from myself. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. you want to take that next step in your relationship with Jesus, just repeat this. Jesus, I know you are God. And I submit myself to you. I call you master. I call you Lord. I call you friend. Would you forgive me of my sins? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you made that decision today, we would love to come alongside you and resource you and help you in whatever ways we can. And if you would just put a a four in chat, if you don't feel comfortable with that, feel free to private message the God Squad Church channel. But we want to celebrate with you because what you just did is you chose to turn your life from running in the opposite direction to running towards Jesus. And that's something to be celebrated. So I'm so thankful that you decided to do so. But more so, I'm thankful for the opportunities you get to forever spend with God. And that's a beautiful thing. So chat, I leave you with this. Church, friends, your character will carry you when your confidence cowers. Your character will carry you When your competence can't, your character will carry you through confrontation and your character will carry you to confession. Your character is built in the silence. Your character is built in the suffering. Your character is built in the submission. So how are you cultivating silence and submission? How are you dealing with suffering? Are you allowing it to strengthen you? Or damage you. Because either way. It's shaping you. If no one's told you they love you today. I love you with my whole heart.
Guys, can we just give it up for Pastor TJ? What an amazing sermon from him today. And guys, come on, let's celebrate those who are giving their lives to follow Jesus. Let's put all the hype, all the hearts in the chat. Let's span the chat with all the fun, awesome things, guys. And if that was you, if you were one of those people who just gave your hearts to the Lord, I want to ask you, encourage you, challenge you to be bold and to put yes in the chat in all caps. Yes in the chat if you just gave your heart to the Lord for the very first time. We would love to celebrate alongside of you, whether you're receiving Christ while watching live or watching a past broadcast. We are so incredibly excited for you. And guys, what I want you guys to do for me is there's going to be a next level um, command put in the chat. And if that was you, if you gave your heart to the Lord just right now, I want to encourage you to fill out that form with as much information as you feel comfortable. Um, That will help us to connect with you and walk alongside you for these next steps. You've given your heart to follow Christ. And now what's next? And that is exactly what this form is to help us connect with you, to walk you through those next steps. And right there on that same link, you'll see right there on the website, some next steps that you can also read through. And guys, I got to say that all of this is possible because of you and your giving. Guys, Giving to but giving back to the Lord is so so important and the reason why we give is because it's an act of worship It's one of the ways that we can worship the Lord and thank him for just who he is And it's a way that we can partner with God to continue to see lives change just like we're seeing today right here just like uh, By partnering with God we can see the kingdom of God grow even more day after day So I want to encourage you guys I want to encourage you and challenge you to trust God with your finances and to give to him today. There are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give here at God Squad Church. First, you can click the link in the chat or pan below the stream to give through PayPal. You can give through our website at godsquadchurch.com and set up your giving to any amount, whether it's a one-time donation or recurring. And last but not least, you can text any amount to the number 84. 84- Three, two, one, Guys, we want to thank you so much for your giving. It's because of your faithfulness, your generosity, that we are able to continue to impact lives around the world for God's glory, to continue to grow God's kingdom. And guys, I want to encourage you and remind you that every penny counts. Every penny matters. Whether you're giving $5, a penny, or more, whatever amount that you are able to give, trust me, it is impacting the, the world for God's kingdom. 